Every Stearns & Foster mattress is handcrafted with the finest materials for irresistible comfort every single night. Now, save up to $800 on select adjustable mattress sets only at StearnsAndFoster.com. Lesser savings may apply. Saving money on everything for your projects. Now at Menards. We have it all for garden and landscaping essentials. Visit our outdoor garden center today and update your backyard space. Grid accents lattice panels have a timeless design with an innovative design that's simple to install and requires almost no maintenance. Save big on lattice panel options at Menards. View our entire selection of garden center products today on Menards.com. Save big money at Witness Docs from Stitcher. So, next I'm going to get the appearance of the attorneys and the parties. Um, It's June 23rd, 2021. Judge Brenda Penny is kicking off today's probate court hearing for Brittany's case. This is leaked audio. You may occasionally hear some typing or noises from the person who recorded it. So I'm going to get the appearance of counsel first, and then I'm going to get the appearance of the party. And Ms. Thoreen, I've got you on video as well. Yes, good afternoon, Your Honor. Vivian Thoreen of Holland and Knight, appearing on behalf of James B. Spears. There are only a handful of reporters beside me in the courtroom audience, and we've already been told sternly to stay quiet, to keep our phones off. We're not even sure we'll be allowed to stay for the whole hearing. Maybe the proceeding will be closed and we'll be asked to exit a few minutes in. People are antsy, anxious to get the ball rolling. But none of the people in the audience appear as anxious as the seven faces on the video conference screen to the right of Judge Penny's bench. The attorneys in Brittany's case. They call in from offices with country club art. One has a framed Lakers jersey behind him. In the top left video square is Sam Ingham, Brittany's attorney. Ingham is usually a fairly chipper guy. He's prone to making some corny joke before getting into business. But today, he looks a little shaky. His eyes dart as he talks. Yes, good afternoon, Your Honor. Samuel Ingham, court-appointed counsel for Brittany Jean Spears. My client is free to discuss uh, any aspect of the conservatorship that she wishes uh, and is welcome to say whatever she likes. Uh, For the record, I would like to state that I have not in any way attempted to control or filter or edit uh, anything that she has to say today. These are entirely her words. And uh, that's really all I have to say, Your Honor, at this point. Brittany is scheduled to virtually address the court today. She's actually the one who requested this hearing. And she's never made public remarks about her conservatorship. So it's a pretty big deal. All morning long, the major news stations have been reporting live on the countdown to this hearing. Babs and I have ideas about what Brittany might say. We think maybe she'll ask for her dad to be kicked out of her conservatorship. Or for special permission to get married but we have no clue if the public will be allowed to hear her statement. Did any of the counsel have anything they wanted to say before I hear from Ms. Spears? Your Your Honor, I did want to ask, we don't know obviously what Ms. Spears is going to say and we're happy that she's here today to address her concerns with the court. I would ask that we please seal 
the transcript and clear the courtroom so we can preserve those medical rights. I think it's really important. Here it is. One of the attorneys making the move we are expecting, asking to close the courtroom to the public. I'm thinking, great. Now I'm going to have to leave with the rest of the reporters. So more stuff will happen behind closed doors. And and it could be that she brings up issues related to her family and her minor children, and they have their own privacy rights. And I think anything said about them. I think they've done a good job at at exploiting my my life. So I feel like it it should be an open court hearing and they should um, listen and um, hear what I have to say. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Brittany interrupts to say she wants to keep the hearing open. All of us reporters in the audience shift in our seats. We need to stay silent. But we gesture to one another, make faces through our masks. It's happening. Brittany is speaking out. Okay, so I have this written down. I have a lot to say, so um, bear with me. Uh, Brittany Spears is addressing the court today by phone, and she's prepared some things to say. 23 minutes worth of things, actually. She starts reading from her notes, and the words just tumble out. The judge has to ask her a few times to slow down so the court reporter can transcribe accurately. Brittany lays everything out. She details exactly what she thinks of her conservatorship, all the people involved in it, and the legal system that's allowed her to remain in this position for so long. She's impassioned. Her arguments are cogent. And it's astonishing to hear. For years now, the public's only view into Britney was through stilted, nervous-seeming Instagram videos. Posts where she's posing for the camera or dancing. She rarely speaks. I didn't know if this fiery person was still inside of Brittany. Here she is, though, persisting. The people who did this to me should not get away and to be able to walk away so easily. Recap. I was on tour in 2018. I was forced to do. Brittany begins her testimony by telling the court a disturbing story about what happened to her just after her Vegas residency, Piece of Me, wrapped at the end of 2017. She says her management team coerced her to immediately begin a world tour. He handed me a sheet of paper as I got off the stage in Vegas and said I had to sign it. It was very threatening and scary. And with the conservatorship, I couldn't even get my own attorney. So out of fear, I went ahead and I did the tour. When I came off that tour, a new show in Las Vegas was supposed to take place. A new Vegas show called Domination. We mentioned Domination in our last episode. It was the big announcement of an announcement. In this show, Britney was slated to make over half a million dollars a night, more than any other act on the Vegas Strip at the time. Britney immediately got to work on the new residency. I started rehearsing early, but it was hard because I'd been doing Vegas for four years and I needed a break in between. But no, I was told this is the timeline and this is how it's going to go. I taught my dancers my new choreography myself. I take everything I do very seriously. There's tons of video with me at rehearsals. Brittany's right. There is a bunch of footage of her rehearsing from this time, 
Here she is instructing dancers on moves for her song, Scream and Shout. When these videos were first posted to her Instagram, they were getting us hyped about the new Vegas show. Britney was crushing her choreo. Her moves were sharp. It was peak Brit. I wasn't good. I was great. In Britney's telling, the level of control her team had over her was extreme. In one example, Britney disagreed with some choreography, and her team retaliated against her. My therapist sat me down in a room and said he had a million phone calls about how I was not cooperating in rehearsals and I haven't been taking my medication. All of this was a false. Ma'am, I'm not here to be anyone's slave. I can say no to a dance move. After this therapy session, Brittany testified that her father, Jamie, forced her to go to a residential treatment facility. The same treatment center a paralegal left us a voicemail about on Brittany's gram. Brittany also said her doctor started her on the drug lithium against her will. He put me on lithium out of nowhere. He took me off my normal meds I'd been on for five years. And lithium is a very, very strong um, and completely different medication compared to what I was used to. You can go mentally impaired if you take too much, if you stay on it longer than five months. But he put me on that and I felt drunk. Lynn Spears has said in court docs, Britney's doctor was prescribing what she and many others thought to be, quote, entirely inappropriate medicine to Britney. Medicine that Britney testified she did not want to take. Just weeks after being released from that center in 2019, Britney appeared in court in person to describe all of these events to Judge Penny. Which means her testimony today, right now, is not even the first time Britney has told the judge about all this. She calls out the judge for her inaction over the last two years. I will be honest with you, I haven't been back to court in a long time because I don't think I was heard on any level when I came to court the last time. I'm telling you again because I'm not lying. I want to feel heard, and I'm telling you this again so maybe you can understand the depth and the degree and the damage that they did to me back then. After that 2019 testimony, which was closed to the public, Brittany didn't get what she wanted. Her dad didn't resign. The conservatorship didn't end. So here she is in court, making her case again. This time, it's an open hearing, accessible via audio on the court's video conference system. People across the world are listening in. And Brittany's not holding anything back. She tells the court exactly how she feels about her dad, Jamie, about how cruel he was in sending her to the treatment center against her will. I cried on the phone for an hour and he loved every minute of it. The control he had over someone as powerful as me to hurt his own daughter 100,000%, he loved it. Brittany has been vocal about her father's mistreatment of her for years. And it's not just her. Brittany's sons even have a restraining order against Jamie, their own grandfather. Kevin Federline sought the restraining order in 2019, 
after Jamie reportedly broke down a door and shook Brittany's 13-year-old son, Sean Preston. In a truly infuriating series of events, this restraining order ended up costing Brittany. At the time, Jamie had to be present when Brittany had the boys, and Brittany's official custody was reduced after the incident to around 10%. My dad and anyone involved in this conservatorship and my management who played a huge role in punishing at me when I said, no, ma'am, they should be in jail. Yeah. 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 I'm outside the courthouse, screaming along with all the free Britney supporters out here. We've all been huddled over one cell phone listening to Britney's testimony. It's one of the most exhilarating scenes I've ever experienced. Like being at the NBA Finals and watching your team come back in the fourth quarter. I keep looking around at the faces of these people I've come to know over the past few years and see each one of them process the fact that all their work is finally coming to something. We're plugging it in right now. Guys, stand up. Like this. We're all still crouched around the one phone. So supporters start scrambling to find a way to plug into the speaker they have set up for the rally. Everyone moves to the speaker, set up in front of a giant pink Free Britney backdrop. A young woman sits down on the ground next to it, her arms wrapped around her legs. She leans in, like she's at a sleepover and listening to someone telling a secret. Brittany's statement is just rapid fire. She spares no one, certainly not her immediate family. Not only did my family not do a goddamn thing, my dad was all for it. My whole family did nothing. And considering my family has lived off my conservatorship for 13 years, I won't be surprised if one of them has has something to say and go forward and say, we don't think this should end. We have to help her. Brittany calls out Jody Montgomery, the current conservator of her person. Yes, even Jody is starting to kind of take it too far with me. She made me feel like my dad does. Very similar, her behavior and my dad, but just a different dynamic. Brittany says she doesn't like the therapy plan Jody has put her on. Brittany doesn't like that she has to go across town to see a therapist who makes her uncomfortable. It takes too much out of me going to this man I don't know. Number one, I'm scared of people. I don't trust people with what I've been through. I don't like it. I don't want to do that. I want to meet with a therapist once a week, not twice a week. And I want him to come to my home because I actually know I do need a little therapy. And in this 23-minute speech, Brittany also brings up her court-appointed attorney. Um, I know my lawyer, Sam, has been very scared for me to go forward. He told me I should keep it to myself, really. Ingham has a long history of not advocating for Britney's wishes. The New York Times has reported about a 2014 hearing in which Ingham joked with the judge about not informing Britney of her right to marry under the conservatorship. Another time, he told on Britney to the judge for saying a swear word in front of her children. Again, This guy was supposed to be Britney's advocate. And then, there's this. Ma'am, I didn't know I could petition the conservatorship to end it. I'm sorry for my ignorance, but I honestly didn't know that. Britney didn't know she could petition the court 
to end her conservatorship. And not for a lack of talking to her lawyer about wanting to get out. According to court records obtained by the New York Times, Brittany had spoken to Inga many times over the years about how she wanted the conservatorship to end. And Ingham, her lawyer, never told her how to do that. But if the conservatorship ended, his paycheck from Brittany was going to end. Remember, Ingham was billing Brittany up to $10,000 a week. So it's not entirely surprising to hear in court today that Ingham wants Brittany to keep silent. Outside, the crowd is quiet, hanging on Brittany's every word. For years, the Free Brittany movement has been really critical of Ingham and his utter lack of action on Brittany's case. But I haven't really had the opportunity by my own self to actually handpick my own lawyer by myself. Um, And I would like to be able to do that. So Brittany is talking about how she wants to get her own, to be able to hire her own attorney finally. Um, I'm just, I'm in total shock. I don't even know how to react to this. I can't believe. I can't believe that this, I just can't believe this is happening. I can't believe Tess is inside right now listening to this. She must be freaking out. Inside the courtroom? My hand is cramping from taking notes so fast. My jaw is, like, on the floor. I'm so proud of Brittany. And periodically glancing at that video conference screen, where Ingham and the rest of the lawyers are staring, deer in headlights, into their cameras. And Brittany just keeps going. I shouldn't be in a conservatorship if I can work and provide money and work for myself and pay other people. It makes no sense. The laws need to change. What state allows people to own another person's money and account and threaten them and saying, you can't spend your money unless you do what we want you to do, and I'm paying them? It's been a long time since I've owned my money, and it's my wish and my dream for all of this to end without being tested. Again, it makes no sense whatsoever for the state of California to sit back and literally watch me with their own two eyes make a living for so many people and be told I'm not good enough, but I'm great at what I do. And I allow these people to control what I do, ma'am, and it's enough. And then Brittany gets into what she really wants in life. It seems pretty simple, or at least should be. And I would like to progressively move forward and I want to have the real deal. I want to be able to get married and have a baby. I was told right now in the conservatorship, I'm not able to get married or have a baby. I have a um, ID inside of myself right now so I don't get pregnant. I wanted to take the ID out so I could start trying to have another baby, but this so-called team won't let me go to the doctor to take it out because they they don't want me to have any more children. This was one of the most disturbing parts of Britney's testimony. And afterwards, it was one of the most reported on details. Britney has said in multiple interviews that she wants more children. In this 2016 Carpool Karaoke segment, she broaches the subject with James Corden. I want more. To you, you want, you want, you want to have more kids? Yeah, I like... I would How like many more? Like three more. Three more? <laughs> All that she wants is another baby. <laughs>
And now here's Brittany in open court, saying she's being coerced to use birth control. By the way, this is not unique to just Brittany's situation. According to disability rights experts, forced birth control and sterilization are routine for women under conservatorship in the U.S. Brittany also tells the court that she's been researching conservatorships and that she's totally aware of the systemic problems at hand. I truly believe this conservatorship is abusive. And though we can sit here all day and say, oh, conservatorships are here to help people. But ma'am, there's a thousand conservatorships that are abusive as well. Brittany's right. As we've said in a previous episode, there are over a million people currently conserved in the U.S. But there's essentially no data on how often abuse is occurring. And if Britney Spears is having this much trouble getting out of her situation, imagine how hard it is for people without a global army fighting for them. I'm done. All I want is to own my money for this to end and my boyfriend um, to drive me in his fucking car. And I would honestly like to sue my family, to be totally honest with you. It's embarrassing and demoralizing what I've been through. And that's the main reason. I've never said it openly. And mainly I didn't want to say it openly because I honestly don't think anyone would believe me. Uh, People would make fun of me or laugh at me and say, she's lying. She's got everything. She's Britney Spears. I'm not lying. I just want my life back. And it's been 13 years and it's enough. And that's all I wanted to say to you. And thank you so much for letting me speak to you today. Oh, Ms. Spears, you're quite welcome. And also, I just want to tell you that I certainly um, am sensitive to everything that you said and, and how you're feeling. And I know that it took a lot of, of courage for you to, to say everything you had to say. Okay. Do any other, other counsel have anything that they want to add this afternoon? Your Honor, Vivian Thorine. Thank you, Your Honor. Um, I appreciate uh, Ms. Spears' comments and the courage it took her to uh, make the remarks to the court. Um, I would like to request a brief recess so that I may consult with my client. Uh, there may be uh, issues that I would like to... Holy address. shit. They're taking a recess. Brittany went in. Outside the courthouse, we're all excited and chattering on about what just happened. I see Rick Black, the advocate we spoke with a few episodes ago, who you may remember had a father-in-law under an abusive guardianship. So how do you feel about what Brittany said? Brittany had her best performance ever, and it was from the heart. And it helped thousands of others that she may not even appreciate. And I hope now we get to see her freed from this odyssey. When the recess is over, Judge Penny tells the court she's stopping the live audio feed because people are recording it. Everyone outside can no longer hear what's going on inside the courtroom. So I wait for Tess to come out. We haven't been able to text her anything since she went inside. Oh, she's there. Oh, my God. Okay. Wait, I got to find Tess. Excuse me. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I gotta find Tess. I gotta find Tess. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Shit. That was so crazy. She said, like, all of it. Excuse me. Everything. She said everything. And she just validated literally everything that's been. Literally everything. <laughs> beyond. Yeah, it, uh, I'm like still in shock. So, like, what the fuck happens now? 
as of recording this episode, Britney Spears, like countless other American citizens, is still under a conservatorship. But things are changing. In the days after her testimony, Britney's team and the whole operation behind her conservatorship start, well, acting like they're on a sinking ship. Britney's longtime manager, Larry Rudolph, quits. And finally, Britney's court-appointed attorney, Sam Ingham, submits his resignation. And then, just as we're recording one of our last episodes, I get a news alert that says Jamie Spears is stepping down as conservator. Tess and I get texts with champagne emojis and all caps, you did it. But then we read the documents. And actually, Jamie has just filed papers with the court saying that he is willing to step down as Britney's conservator when the, quote, time is right. In his filing, Jamie's lawyers still maintain that the conservatorship saved Britney from disaster and that Jamie has done nothing wrong. Sure, Jan. So the battle's not over yet. But now, Britney actually has a lawyer she picked. That's right. 13 and a half years after her conservatorship was cemented, Brittany Jean Spears has appointed the lawyer she actually wants to hire. But what happens now? What more will it take for Brittany to finally break free? Save big money on everything for your spring projects at Menards. We have all of your garden and landscaping essentials. Master Garden Premium Garden Soil contains a slow-release fertilizer that feeds gardens for up to nine months. It produces better results and is ready to use for all your gardening needs. Save big on Menards' great selection of garden and landscaping products. Compare brands in-store or online at Menards.com. Save big money at Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. My firm and I are going to be taking a top-to-bottom look at what's happened here over the past decade. This is Matthew Rosengart, Brittany's attorney, as of July 14th, 2021. Rosengart is a salt-and-pepper-haired big shot, a former federal prosecutor who has represented celeb clients like Steven Spielberg. And, okay, this is totally a rumor, but we heard Madonna's the one who sent this guy to Brittany. 
We feel that today was a big step in the interest of justice. We hope that Rosengart backs up his words with action, that he helps Brittany accomplish what she wants, to end this thing once and for all. But how does that actually happen? How do you get emancipated from a conservatorship once you're in one? Our research into this yielded frustrating but predictable results. Since there's virtually no oversight or collected data on conservatorships, it's impossible to know how often they end up terminated. But the general consensus seems to be that it's extremely rare. One thing that advocates say helps immensely, though, is hiring your own counsel. So we went searching for someone like Brittany, someone else who's dumped their court-appointed attorney and then actually gotten out of their conservatorship. And we found a woman named Dorothy O'Brien. This is about Britney Spears. Do you know who Britney Spears is? Yes. Any thoughts on her music? I'm not a fan. Then again, you know, my era was big band, swing, and uh, rock and roll, early rock and roll. Rhythm and blues, it was called back then. Dorothy is 86 years old. We visited Dorothy at her home in southwestern Los Angeles in March 2021. Dorothy has lived in the same house for over 50 years. She worked in special education for decades, but she's retired now. We sat outside on her front porch to interview her. So what do you like to do now that you're not working? What's your, what are your hobbies? What do you like to do with your days? Well, I, I don't, I'm not into a lot of hobbies. It's more just get through the day and do what I can do. Uh, some days are good days, and I get a lot done. And other days, mm, especially Tuesdays, <laughs> after I've been um, trip Monday's trash day, Tuesdays go pick up the meals and on wheels. City of Gardena is wonderful about providing us with a frozen meal that we can heat up for every day of the week. Like Brittany, Dorothy was also placed in a conservatorship by a family member a conservatorship she didn't want or need. Like every conservatorship or guardianship case, the details of Dorothy's case are complicated. But we'll give you the clip notes. Dorothy has three grown children. According to court filings, a few years ago, one of her sons started moving money out of one of her accounts and into her trust, basically making it easier for him to access the money. He did this without telling her. When Dorothy found out, she threatened to call the police on him for stealing her money. About a month later, Dorothy's son filed to temporarily conserve her. A move she feels was retaliation. Dorothy came back from a vacation to a notice from the court. I had like less than two weeks, I think, to show up in the court. And they they had appointed a court-appointed attorney. Dorothy's son was successful. The conservatorship was approved at that hearing in January 2020. I couldn't believe, first of all, that my two very religious kids, and I mean, one of the Ten Commandments is honor your father and your mother. They're not honoring me. They're dishonoring me. And if they're taking my money, why aren't they helping me pay the bills? Why am I living on savings for two years while they are taking my money away from me? Somebody, somebody's wrong somewhere, and it's not me. 
Dorothy's son managed to convince the court that she wasn't capable of taking care of herself alone, that she wasn't taking her medicine properly, a claim Dorothy's own doctor refuted in court filings. Still, the court kept Dorothy under conservatorship. So, she got to work. Right away, Dorothy told her court-appointed attorney, I want out of this thing. She explained all the reasons why she believed it was wrong for her to be conserved in the first place. But just like Brittany, Dorothy didn't feel like her attorney was listening. She told us that instead, it felt like her court-appointed attorney's sole focus was getting her into a nursing home. I, uh, I decided that she isn't going to protect me. Were you afraid at all during that time period that you weren't going to be able to get out of it? If I didn't have a strong face of my own, I probably would have gone crazy or felt like suicide. But I was determined to find a way or ways to get out of this. The best way to get out, Dorothy decided, was to pursue an attorney of her own choosing. So she called up a lawyer she'd met years before, Susan B. Guffin. Susan is an elder law specialist. Susan told Dorothy that the first step would be getting the court to approve Susan's appointment. It took some doing because they were saying that I wasn't competent to choose an attorney. There's another thing Dorothy has in common with Brittany. Her competency, too, has been questioned in court. But Dorothy felt competent. In fact, her longtime primary care doctor had even written a letter to the court saying Dorothy could take care of herself, but it hadn't been enough. So she and Susan hatched a plan. Together, they decided to have Dorothy's competency evaluated by a psychiatrist. This kind of psychiatric evaluation is something Brittany has had to go through, too. In fact, in her testimony in June 2021, she told the court that she found the process traumatic and offensive. Brittany said she wanted her conservatorship to end without any further evaluations. But Dorothy was willing to do it if it meant getting out. Susan and Dorothy picked a doctor who'd done these kind of assessments before, one affiliated with the court system. He came with an attitude of, making me at ease, and let's try and get the best out of you. And he declared me 100% perfect in every area, but that wasn't good enough. According to Dorothy's court filings, her son's lawyers objected to the doctor's report. They demanded a so-called neutral psychiatrist re-evaluate Dorothy. So they picked another doctor everyone agreed on. So I had to go through the procedure with another psychiatrist. And she came with the attitude that we're going to get down to business and I'm going to prove just how uh, senile you really are. What were some of the things that she was doing that made you feel that way? What country are we in? What state are we in? What city are we in? And at that point, I said, oh, you forgot what county we're in. It's Los Angeles. (laughs) She didn't like that. And how much money do you have coming in? And I said, none. She said, you don't remember? I said, no, I remember. 
My son has my pension, $4,000 a month, and he has my rent money, $3,000 a month. My son is getting $7,000 a month of mine, and I get nothing. Just like Brittany, Dorothy ended up paying for these evaluations herself. Dorothy and Susan told the court that the first doctor, the one Dorothy chose, had charged $2,800 for this evaluation. But the second doctor, the one Dorothy's son approved, charged $10,000 for the exact same evaluation. I think that's outrageous, especially when she was trying to approve that I was senile. She was trying to determine how much dementia I had and was obvious. How does that feel to have someone trying to make you, you know... Well, you can cry, you can get angry, or you can um, make it humorous. And I just had fun with her. In the end, the second psychiatrist agreed with the first one. Dorothy was competent. The judge allowed Dorothy to hire Susan as her attorney. And it didn't take long for Susan to convince the judge that the conservatorship itself was a farce. It was lifted in November 2020. What do you remember about the day you were emancipated? Susan called me and told me, I think it was Friday afternoon, and I started calling everybody and said, I won. <laughs> I won. And I didn't know what, what money I was going to get back. But just the fact that I felt free again. Dorothy wasn't just free. She was armed with an attorney who continued to fight for her. With the conservatorship lifted, Susan helped Dorothy file for a petition of surcharge, basically asking the court to make Dorothy's son pay her back for all those fees her estate incurred while she was conserved. The psychiatrist examinations, the legal fees, in total, almost $20,000 in ultimately unnecessary fees, all racked up in just eight months. The court hasn't granted this petition yet. It's still ongoing. Susan uncovered multiple instances in which Dorothy's son was misusing Dorothy's money. She also provided evidence to the court about the ways in which he wasn't acting as an actual caretaker. According to court docs, Dorothy's son never visited Dorothy or even had groceries delivered the entire time he was her conservator. This is why having an attorney you've actually chosen is such a crucial piece of extricating yourself from a conservatorship. Why the appointment of Brittany's new attorney, Matthew Rosengart, is such a huge step forward. You need someone who you trust is on your side to show the court the wrongs that have been perpetrated against you. Someone who understands this complex and tedious system and will actually advocate for your interests. The day we interviewed Dorothy, Susan was there too. She told us that she gets calls from people like Dorothy all the time. She sounded frustrated and resigned as she explained to us that far more people ask her for help than she actually has the ability to assist. Coming onto a case like Dorothy's is difficult. For one, an attorney has to start out working knowing they may never be paid because the conservator would have to approve their fees. Susan wasn't paid for her work until after Dorothy's conservatorship ended. Susan's assistance to Dorothy goes way beyond the court hearings or the money. She respects Dorothy. She listens to her. She knows little details about Dorothy's life. As we wrapped up the interview, 
Dorothy mentioned that she plays ukulele and sings. Susan piped up. Do you want to? Do you want her to get her? Do you want to get your ukulele into it? Yeah, I could do that. Oh, that would, would be like awesome. That? Yeah, that would be awesome. Okay. Sometimes when Let's you might want to, she might want to tell you this, but sometimes when Dorothy wakes up in the middle of the night and she can't go back to sleep, she leaves her ukulele in her bed and she plays it. That's so cool. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Dorothy went inside, using the handrails she'd installed to help her up the stairs. Something she paid for after the conservatorship was terminated, and she got her income back. She came back out with her ukulele. Okay. How many Dorothys are out there? How many Britneys? Fighting against all odds, scraping together the resources they can, trying to make their case in a system that's rendered them powerless. How many of them will get that happy ending, where they get to say the words, I'm free? Brittany has said she loves fairy tales. So here's one. A princess has lost her voice. She is trapped in her California compound, doomed to spin around her living room for all of eternity. But then one day, the princess speaks out. She frees herself. After she's victorious, the princess rides off to Hawaii without having to ask anyone if she can. And in a few years, she releases a new album. Maybe. Only if she wants to. The next episode of Toxic is our last episode. We'll unpack the power dynamics surrounding Brittany and the veil of silence that's still wrapped around her story. I think we're still living in sort of the, the ruins of that structure of secrecy where, you know, there was an easy narrative presented for why this had to be the way that she was controlled. Toxic would not be possible without our team at Witness Docs. Y'all know who they are by now? Abigail Keel, Kevin K. Tid Tidmarsh, Gianna Palmer, Camille Stanley, and Peter Clowney. Plus, Casey Hulford who mixed this episode and composed all our original music. Zoe Schwab has stayed up all night researching very random things for us. Anakwa Dwamana is our amazing fact checker. And Toxic is written and hosted by me, Babs Gray. And me, Tess Barker. Reach out to us with your questions and comments at BrittanyPod at Stitcher.com or get in touch on social at Britneysgram. Find transcripts for all our episodes at witnesspodcasts.com. And please subscribe to Toxic, the Britney Spears story, wherever you listen to podcasts. It really helps the show. And hey, send it to your friends. That helps us too. Thanks. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. 
But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.